Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Our title of our message is Let No One Deceive You. Now we're kind of going back. I did this earlier uh, at the end of 2020 and I want to jump back into it today in a special edition of Let No One Deceive You. And so today we're going to focus on the topic of in search of the truth, in search of the truth. And here at the Rhodes Church, we believe that the Word of God is still the truth, so we get excited every time we open our Bibles. So if you have your Bibles, E-Rhodes Family, Mount Carmel, North City, let's get pumped, let's get excited as we open them up to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, back in 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We'd have no sermon notes today. If you look on your phone, the YouVersion Bible app, for some reason it still has last week's, I think, sermon notes on there. Disregard those. I'm not preaching that sermon. I'm sure it's a good one, but I'm not preaching that one today. So uh, make sure and you're just going to do it old-fashioned way today. Get out a piece of paper and a pencil or set your memory to absorb And bring it all in today. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. If you're ready, say let's go. Let's go. All right. Uh, Verse 1 says, Now brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled. Isn't it good that we don't have anything going on in our world to cause us to be soon shaken in mind or troubled? It's just great to have peace and everything going right the way we want it to go all the time. It's an awesome time. I know, I wish this scripture was relevant, but it's just, we'll have to believe for the people in Thessalonica. But he says, do not be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as if from us, as if from us. When I was reading that this week, it's like the Holy Spirit uh, highlighted that to me again, as if from us. So it's like he was saying to them, Paul was saying, you're getting news that's causing you to be shaken in mind or troubled as if it came from us. If it doesn't come from us, don't get shook by it. So God's saying to you and saying to me, be careful where you get your information. If it doesn't come from God, don't get shaken, don't get stirred, don't get troubled by it. Make sure it's from God that you're getting your information. As if from us, Paul's like, don't we listen to that nonsense? As if from us, as though the day of Christ had already come. Let no one deceive you by any means. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed. The son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. And that it, or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, one of my assignments as a minister, as a whatever you want to call my title, I get called all kinds of things, preacher, pastor, reverend, uh, whatever, doesn't matter. Whatever you, my assignment is to declare or to preach the word of God, to prepare the body of Christ for what's coming on the earth. For any minister, whoever's speaking, my job is not to tickle your ears or tell you, make you feel comfortable, make you feel good about your life, is to prepare you for what is ahead. The Bible says to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So it's to equip you, prepare you, get you ready so that you can do what God's called you to do. 
So in doing so, sometimes we're going to talk about some things that aren't always easy, aren't always soft. I don't want to be one of those candy apple preachers. I want to tell it like it is and let you work it out between you and God. So now let's go over to 1 John chapter 3. That was a great intro into what I'm going to be ex- You're like, okay, great. What are you getting ready to tell me? Just hold on. You better buckle up, buttercup. 1 John chapter 3. I want to read this for a little basis on what God's speaking to us today. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Um, Yeah. All right, we'll go ahead. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested. He is Jesus, was manifested to do what? To take away our sins. And in him, in Jesus, there is no sin. In him, there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Have you ever heard someone say, well, everybody sins all the time? Right? So we got to deal with these scriptures when they throw these bombs out like that. So whoever abides in him does not sin. So you're telling me, that, that there's people that's never going to sin. No, what I'm telling you, what the Bible is explaining there, that he abides or stays in him, in that position, they will not sin if they're led and directed by the Holy Spirit. It's not me in my flesh as a human being. I will be perfect and never sin. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying is when I listen to him and abide in him, there is no sin in God. Where God goes, there's no sin there. So it's telling you, if you'll abide in him, he will never lead you into sin. The Bible says God cannot be tempted by evil. He tempts no man. So when we abide in God, we stay away from sin. I need to know where my bread is buttered. Because when I don't abide in him, guess what Chad does? Chad sins. All right, I'm not going to preach that very long, but I just want to clarify what the Bible is saying. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Here it is again, let no one deceive you. He who practices, somebody say practices. Practices righteousness is righteous just as he or Jesus is righteous. He who sins is of the devil. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. He who sins is of the devil. So every time I sin, does that mean I'm the devil? Is that what the Bible's teaching you? Does that mean I've lost my salvation every time that I've sinned because now I'm serving the devil? That's not what it's saying. When it says of the devil, it's like when the Bible says Jesus of Nazareth or Saul of Tarsus is talking about where they came from. Saul was not Tarsus. He came from Tarsus. Jesus was not Nazareth. He came out of Nazareth. So when it says, he who sins is of the devil, it tells me when I sin, where it originated from. It tells me where the motivation came from. It tells me where the thought came from. It tells me who's leading me. So if I'm in sin right now, I am being led by the devil. It's doing that to wake me up and say, get out of there and get a new boss that's going to lead you away from sin. Whoever sins is of the devil. So for this purpose, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Anybody excited about that? Maybe you will be later. But he destroyed the works of the devil. 
Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Man, a lot of stuff I could talk about there, but I want to fix our attention on verse 7, where it says again, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Righteous just means doing what God requires, doing what God says, doing what he directs you to do. Righteousness, it's important for us to understand, righteousness is not based on a list of do's and don'ts. Righteousness is based on a relationship with a person. Because there are times that God may ask you to do something in this moment and not do it in another moment. So righteousness can never be attached to what I do. If righteousness ever gets attached to what you or I do, we begin to think we can make it. By doing the right thing and not doing the wrong thing, that is not the gospel. Righteousness is being attached to a person named Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. When we abide in him, there is no sin and we are righteous. So that's what he's telling us to do. We want to, he who practices, practices. It's not about, the word practice means to perform or carry out, to behave or conduct yourself. So it's not about what someone says. It's about what they practice. It's who they're connected to that righteousness works in our life. And it says, let no one deceive you. That word deceive means to roam or wander off the path, to mislead or cause someone to hold the wrong view. Don't let anyone cause you to roam or wander off the path of God. Don't let anyone cause, uh, let you be misled or cause you to believe the, the wrong thing or hold the wrong view. This is what God's telling us. So be aware, if he's telling us not to be deceived, that means there's going to be people out there that are going to try to deceive us. If he's telling you don't be moved off or roam off the, wrong, the right path, it's telling me there's going to be an opportunity for us to roam off the right path. So let's see what it's talking about. Uh, in order for deception to take place, I said this before, I'll say it again, you need two things. I might jot these down, make note of them. Number one, you need the presence of a lie. Let no one deceive you. There has to be a lie present for you to be deceived. So be encouraged. There's going to be lies in your life. There are going to be lots of lies. You've got to be ready for that. Just embrace it. The quicker you embrace that fact, the more alert you will be to their presence. Don't be naive. It has to be the presence of a lie. Number two, there has to have, in order for deception to take place, you have to have the lack of access to or lack of belief in the truth. I cannot be deceived unless I don't have access to the truth or I choose not to believe the truth. Both of those things. How many knows that getting access to unbiased truth is getting more and more difficult in our country? Unbiased truth. Here's our commitment at the Rhodes Church, and I've tried to make this as long as I've been here, and I pr promise you that I will do this to the best of my ability as long as I am here. To be relevant and to discuss current events from a biblical perspective. We have addressed things like the coronavirus. We've addressed the racial issues in our country that we faced in 2020. I feel like it's also very important to discuss the weeks, uh, the events of what happened this week at Washington, D.C. Why should we talk about these things from a pulpit in church? Chad, this isn't the appropriate place for it. My argument is there is no more appropriate place to talk about these events than in the church. 
People need to hear from a gospel perspective, not from my perspective, but to hear it from the Word of God perspective because we're hearing all kinds of perspectives in the world. And if we don't speak on these things, our children are only going to be exposed to what happens on social media and the mainstream media. We need to hear what Jesus is saying in current events. So I'm going to talk about it. It's not always going to be popular with everyone, but I didn't come in this to be popular. I didn't come into this to get famous. I came in it with one calling and one anointing, and that's the same of Jeremiah, is not to be afraid of their faces, but to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, no matter what people say, how they receive it, how they don't receive it, whether you like it or whether you lump it, this is what God's called us to do. And I'm calling on every minister of the gospel to hold their head up high and preach the gospel unashamedly. Don't be timid, but to declare what Jesus is saying in the earth. We can't talk like we don't have the right answer. The right answer is Jesus. And you got to tell them, people need him. They need the gospel. All right, I'm going to get focused on what my message is. Uh, What's going on in our country is not Republican versus Democrat. I've said this from the very beginning when people talk to me about the coronavirus and questioning my motives and my, why I'm doing things in this. I said from the very beginning, this is bigger than Republican and Democrat, Trump versus Biden, mask and no mask. It's bigger than the virus. It is bigger. What we're dealing with in our world today is Christ versus antichrist, good versus evil. That's what we're dealing with. And if we don't recognize who our enemies are, we will never be able to prevail against them. We are in a spiritual battle and not a physical battle. So now to prevent deception, we're going to have the presence of a lie, but we also need, number two, we need access to and belief in the truth. It's increasingly challenging right now, I believe, to have access to the truth in our society. Uh, Truth is being limited. Voices are being silenced. It's happening. It's not about debating. Here's what I'm going to talk to you today. It's not about debating who is right or who is wrong. My purpose in discussing these things is not to get you to believe something. My issue is not with which one I want everyone to agree with. My issue is which ones are not allowing to be heard. I'm not in this because I don't want the Antichrist uh, website or the, the, uh, the satanic websites to be pulled down for all, all of those, the atheist website to be pulled down, Twitter accounts for Muslim and Buddhists to be turned. Let them all have their voice. Let them have freedom because God is a God of love and love requires a choice. I'm not asking for the opposition to the gospel to be torn down. I'm asking for the power of the gospel to be lifted up and shine brightly in the earth. So we're in a fight for freedom. We're in a fight for the First Amendment. Here is the First Amendment in case you haven't heard it, if you've never read it, or if you don't even know what it says. Or maybe you just need a reminder. It says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of a religion. Just to clarify what that means, it does not mean a separation of church and state. What it means is the government cannot create a religion and require everyone to join that religion. That's what it means. The government cannot establish a governmental religion and say everybody has to be this. No, it's just there's no separation communicated in that clause. Or, so not, not respect, make no law. Respecting an establishment of the religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech. 
or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble. This Constitution of the United States and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. This is the first amendment to the Constitution. And there is a fight for this to be uh, enacted or to stay enacted right now in our lives. Freedom of religion, freedom of the press, freedom of speech. It's being attacked. YouTube released this statement. I'll read some of it to you. Our policies prohibit misleading viewers about where and how to vote. We also disallow content alleging widespread fraud or errors challenging the outcome of historical U.S. presidential election. We will start removing any piece of content uploaded today that misleads people, any content that misleads people, any content that misleads people, in, in what kind of misleading is allowed and what kind of misleading is not allowed. Misleads people by alleging that widespread fraud or errors change the outcome of the 2020 U.S. presidential election in line with our approach towards U.S. sorry towards historical U.S. presidential elections. As always, news coverage and commentary on these issues can remain on our side if there's sufficient education, documentary, scientific, or artistic context. In other words, it can stay on our site as long as we believe it is right and can stay on our site. That's not freedom of speech. I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm not telling you to like what everybody posts. I'm just saying it all ought to be allowed to be posted. Google owns YouTube, so now Google has the same policy and beginning to censor as well. Twitter and Facebook has now banned the account of the President of the United States. How, how, how is that possible? Well, again, whether you agree or disagree, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about that the president's voice is banned by social media. <laughs> You're like, well, I don't care. He needs to be banned. Well, what if it was your president that was banned? What if it was your candidate or your whoever, your voice? It's about silencing freedom of speech. This is what's happening in America. We've got to hold on. Because if they will silence political views that go different from theirs, they will start silencing Christian views that go different from theirs. Other major voices, they've been silencing. It will suspend your account if you say anything that goes against their community guidelines. Parler, as a social media alternative, has now been removed from the App Store from Google, while Apple and Amazon are threatening, threatening to shut them down. Why are, they, why are they threatening to shut him down? Because they're allowing free speech. I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm not telling you what to agree or what to say or what to type. I'm just telling you all voices have a right to be heard. And when those voices are silenced, our antennas ought to go off and say, wait a minute, why are they trying to keep people quiet? You're like, I think they ought to be quiet, those idiots. Well, wait a minute. What if they're silencing your idiot voice? I'm just saying, all opinions need to be heard. So now, now let's, let's keep going. Since, I've, since I'm doing such a good job, let's keep going. So how about, how about our health? Can we trust everything that the CDC says? That's a rhetorical question. I wasn't asking for an answer. <laughs> How about, how about, 
How about the censoring of doctors' voices being removed from certain plat- platforms? Certain doctors. I'm not saying whether you agree with what that doctor says or not, but how come this doctor who's getting these results with this medication is silenced and taking down while this doctor is promoted? I'm just saying let them all be heard. I, as a patient, I want to know all my options. I want to know. I'm thankful for a second opinion because not all doctors are created equal. I don't mean that as a slam to doctors. I'm not throwing any shade on doctors. I'm just saying there are times in your life that you're going to have someone that just because they have MD, MD after their name doesn't mean they have the best answer for your health care. And I just want to know, is there an alternative? Nope, this is it. No, thank you. No, thank you. So now, uh, what, about, what, about, what about this? I got this right off the CDC website. This is just dealing with information being given to us. Who do we trust as sources for our truth? If the CDC, everything they say is the truth, then let's make sure and investigate this organization to make sure, because they are not a governmental organization. They are a private organization. It's good for you to understand the difference. CDC is not controlled by our government. They are controlled by by their own. They have their own funding. It's a separate deal. Same as the World Health Organization. So should we trust everything the CDC says? That's rhetorical. (laughs) Have you heard of something called the shielding approach? If you haven't heard of it, this is off the CDC website. You can go to that or just Google the shielding approach and it will take you to it as well. The shielding approach aims to reduce the number of severe COVID-19 cases by limiting contact between individuals at higher risk of developing severe disease, high-risk people, and the general population, low-risk people. High-risk individuals would be temporarily relocated to safe or green zones established at the household, neighborhood, camp sector, or community level, depending on the context and setting. They would have minimal contact with family members and other low-risk residents. Huh. I'll read on. For this reason, do I have the right one? Yeah. For this reason, the shielding approach suggests physically separating high-risk individuals from the general population to prioritize the use of limited available resources and avoid implementing long-term containment measures among the general population. Huh. We'll separate them, separate the high-risk people. Guess who determines who the high-risk people are? Not you. Let's, uh, going on down to low-risk Household members should not enter the green zone. If entry is necessary, it should be done only by healthy individuals after washing hands, using face coverings. Interactions should be at a safe distance. Minimum movement of high-risk individuals outside the green zone camp. Low-risk. Low-risk people. Members continue to follow social distance and hygiene practices outside the house. Let me go on. I'll read the, I'm just taking segments of it. Dedicated staff need to be identified to monitor each green zone. So we're going to be paid people to monitor the green zone. Monitoring includes both adherence to protocols and potential adverse effects or outcomes due to isolation and stigma. It may be necessary to assign someone within the green zone, if feasible, to minimize movement in and out of the green zones. Multiple green zones would be needed to achieve this level of separation. 
each requiring additional inputs or resources. Further considerations include challenges of accommodating different ethnicities, sociocultural groups, or religion within one setting. Now we're talking about separating people by race, by their sociocultural groups, or by their religion. The next one, I'm just reading here. A designated shelter group of shelters within a small camper area where high-risk members are grouped together, neighbors swap households to accommodate high-risk individuals. In the camp and sector level, I like how, I don't like how, but I just, interesting why they use the word camp. A group of shelters such as schools, community buildings within a camp or sector where high-risk individuals are physically isolated together, one entry point is used for exchange of food, supplies, etc. A meeting area is used for residents and visitors to interact while practicing physical distancing. No movement into or outside the green zone. What does that sound like to you? I don't know. To me, it sounds vaguely familiar to what a man did in the early 1900s named Adolf Hitler who created these camps. And they were called quarantine camps. And in these quarantine camps, they would get these sick Jews who had this disease and move them out of the community to protect themselves and everyone else. We're just moving them for your safety, people. Where it's for their safety. So they put them in these quarantine camps so they can keep them safe. I'm just telling you. New York Bill A6, A416 right now, it was created in 2015, gives the governor or any designated official full power to remove any person or group of people from their home if deemed contagious or even an asymptomatic carrier and shall be detained in a medical facility or other appropriate facility or premises designated by the governor. They can detain you for up to 60 days, and in order to get out, you'll have to petition them and go before a court order. You cannot return until they determine that you are no longer a health risk, which means the medication they deem appropriate or forced vaccination. So they're going to detain you. If they, again, this is not necessarily passed, but I'm just reading the bill. You can read it for yourself and see what it says. You can look it up. If you need that number, again, it's New York Bill A416. So now you're saying, well, that will never pass. I'm just saying it's written, it's available, that they would say you cannot get out unless we say you can get out and you have to meet our requirements before you can get out. This is not China. This is not Vietnam. This is not North Korea. This is the United States of America. So now, I feel like it's important to talk about what happened this week in Washington, D.C. I went to Washington, D.C. this week. Now, immediately when I say that, some of you put me in a category. Be careful before you put me in a category. I cannot fit in a lot of categories. (laughs) Physically or... (laughs) Anyway. My purpose in going was twofold. Number one, I've got a good friend of mine that's in the military and works secret service for the president, and he's with him all the time guarding him. And uh, I told him about, hey, what's going on? You know, he knew what was going on, but I asked him, hey, do you think I, I should come? He said, listen, if you come, I want you to come. I want to take a tour of the White, give you a tour of the White House. And I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know how many times I'm going to get a tour of the White House. So I was like, 
I'm down with that. <laughs> Secondly, why I'm going. I didn't go to support a man. I went to support a belief. I went to support values that I hold as an individual. And that's what I'm standing for. That's what I'm fighting for. I'm standing not for an individual. I'm not standing for Republicans or Democrats. I believe there are many corrupt Republicans that need to be thrown out of office. I am standing for Jesus Christ and the freedom that's found in him. That's what I'm standing for. That's what I'm fighting for. That's what I'm risking my life for because I want to see the freedom of Jesus Christ experienced in America. I'm standing for the freedom, of the, uh, freedom and the rights of our unborn children. People say, well, if you don't have a womb, you don't have a right to say anything about that. That as, as, makes as much sense as saying because I'm a white man, I cannot fight for the rights or the justification of a person of another race. What is right is right, and fighting for it is right. No matter who you are or where you are, what color skin you are, we have to fight for what's right. So I will continue to stand for the lives of our unborn children. Now this, this rally, this event, I'm gonna give you my perspective because I went and saw it with my own eyes. If you think, uh, you can believe what you want, I'm not trying to convince anyone to believe what they want, I'm just telling you what I saw and what I experienced. Why is that important? Because I believe what we're seeing now in our time, in our, in our uh, history, is that it's very difficult to find the truth available to the masses. So I wasn't going to go at all, and then I felt God nudging me to go and leading me to go, and I'm like, I really don't want to go. But I, so I went, and now I feel like I know why, because God wanted to show me some things so I could be prepared. And I'll get into more of that in a little bit. So, man, i got to hurry. Whew, all this. I could talk about this event for hours, uh, but I don't have time for that. So maybe another time. So, it's, uh, so I go. I go. <laughs> We're fasting, so it doesn't matter. It was just stay all day. Praise the Lord. No. <laughs> Children's workers will be coming out and dropping off your kids in just a minute. So I go, to, I go Tuesday, and Tuesday is a smaller rally, and it's a believer's rally. It's a, they have a stage, they're preaching the gospel, and I'm there, and I'm just, just observing, just hanging out. It was really cool, and uh, again, lots of great things happening, just positive message sending out about the gospel and what Jesus is doing in our earth and encouraging people. And then as I'm leaving to walk out, as I'm leaving town, and I drove, because I drove down, and I saw all of these snow plows, these massive trucks with snow blades on them. And I'm like, what, what is going on? And so I, I called my friend that was uh, the security guy and works, and I said, hey, what's, what's with all the snow plows? And he said, the mayor's blocking off all the streets. I'm like, oh, okay. I said, how am I going to get down tomorrow? Should I take the bus or what? And he's like, yeah, I probably would. Well, my wisdom, I chose to drive. Dumb idea. So I try to drive. And they have all these streets blocked off for blocks and blocks and blocks around the Capitol, around where everything's going on. You can't get in. They're shutting it down, trying to keep people out. So I noticed that. And then the other thing I noticed, when I finally get there, so I had to park blocks away. I mean, I was hoofing it. I walked nine miles in one day. So I get to my spot. Whew, fast forward. So here's one thing I noticed. I have never been around this many people in my life. There's the ellipse where the stage was and the presidents and the other speakers were speaking. Then there's a big grassy area. Then there's the street. I believe it's 17th Street. And then behind you is the Washington Monument and the big grassy area there. It's huge, ginormous. I was standing there on the street 
facing where the stage was, and I was literally, not exaggerating, shoulder to shoulder with people as far as I could see in every direction. I can see above most people. <laughs> this one lady looked at me, she said, hey, what's going on up there? <laughs> I said, I looked at her and said, just people, lady, just people. She's like, wow. She said, how many are here? <laughs> I'm like, I can't count. I mean, as far, the whole grass of the Washington Monument was filled with people all shoulder to shoulder. Like, if I wanted to go from here to there, I had to say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Excuse me. That's how many people were there. Hundreds of thousands. All just there, just rallying. No, no animosity, no violence, nothing going on. Just USA playing a lot of YMCA. I don't know why that's a patriotic song, but they played it a lot. Anyway, and Lee Greenwood, God bless the USA, is on. Anyway, so, I, uh, so after, after I get in, the president speaks and all that. Again, whether you like what he had to say, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm just telling you what I saw. He says in his speech, after this, we're going to go to the Capitol and we're going to peaceably let our voices be heard. There was no inciting of violence. It's just not what he said. And so we begin, after he got done, we begin to leave. And this group went this way and this group went that way. And when I say group, I'm talking about thousands of people. Not like, you know, a few hundred with this. I'm talking about massive. So we go, and I go this way, which is the long way. And it's full of people carrying flags, carrying banners, and they're just walking through the streets, walk all the way through Washington, D.C., all the way through the area down, the long way to the Capitol. Not one time was there ever any violence, no fires, nobody beating up anybody. There was nothing going on but people walking and chanting and say, singing. It's all that was happening. So we go and we finally get towards the Capitol. And when I get towards, I got to fast forward. Man, I could talk about this for a long time. So, so I get up to the Capitol, up to the steps of the Capitol. And all these police officers up at the top, I mean, a bunch of them, they're yellow, uh, fluorescent yellow vests. And they're covering that area, not allowing anybody to get up there. And they're keeping people back. And, and I look up there at the front, and all of a sudden I see all these people with helmets gas masks, and gear on. I didn't see any of these people anywhere at the rally. And all of a sudden, I see them there. And so now, all of a sudden, I got video footage just from my phone. The police that were there keeping people back turn and in single file start walking up the steps and leave that area. And I'm like, where are you going? Why are you leaving? I still don't know. And I'm not trying to tell you why. I'm just presenting that information to you. So they leave. Nobody was overrunning them. No one was pushing them out. They just left. So after they left, people started moving up on the Capitol. And then I am from here to just a few rows back of the people that were trying to get in the front door. I wasn't supporting that. I wasn't for that. But I just wanted to be there to witness what was going on. I saw three people in helmets and gas masks. I'm like, who brings a gas mask to a rally? So they got these police batons and those metal, they extend, there's metal things that extend that police use to break glass. They get up there and they start banging on the glass, all three of them. As soon as they started banging on the glass, the crowd yells, no, and they pull them down and stop them from doing it. And those three people, 
begin to move and they left. And I saw in a video later, one of the guys that was trying to break the glass is one of those that broke the glass on the backside and went in the front door. They couldn't get it done on this side, so they went to the other side. So I noticed that. I noticed like, so now these people are trying to go in. And now you see video footage of policemen opening barricades and actually waving people to come in. Why are they doing that? I don't know, but it happened. Where we were restricted and not allowed to go, in a later moment, we were encouraged to go. Saw another video footage of a police officer's opening the door in a small hallway, officers standing on each side and actually letting people come in the door as they stood beside them and watched them. They were not overrun. They were not overpowered. They just let them in the door. Do with that what you want. That's what I saw and what I've experienced. So now, when I look at it from that perspective, there's also four shuttles. I ask about these gas masks and, and, uh, and helmets and backpacks and all this stuff. There were four white airport shuttles, all of them the exact same, with police cars in front of them and police cars in back of them. And they came down into that area. How did they get down there with the snow plows? I don't know, but these people came in and all those shuttles were unloaded right down where everything was happening. I'm just telling you what happened. So now we begin to understand and think, what, what does that mean? What, what does it matter? I began to make my way back um, I gotta, I'm cutting out a lot of stuff, y'all, but I have to for time's sake. So I'm, I'm viewing that, and a few of us are there. We circled up and started praying. We started praying right there on the Capitol steps. And we were encouraging people to stop, to not try and damage any property. But I realized there were two different groups of people with an agenda there. The people that I'd seen and been with all day at the rally, and these people with helmets and this other agenda that they were trying to break in. So now I leave and I've got to walk back to my parking garage, which was like two and a half miles away. And so I'm like, whoa, great. So I finally make it back there. That's a whole nother story. That's a great story on my walk back. But anyway, I want to talk about that right now. So I get my car and I go back and I feel like I'm leaving some stuff out, which I am, but I'm trying to keep first service and second service the same. And I don't know if I left anything out or not, but, I, but so I get back to my hotel and I start to watch on the news. I turn it on and I'm watching what they're saying, and I'm like, that's, that's not what I saw. That's not what I experienced. That's not what was happening where I was. Maybe it was happening somewhere else, I don't know, but I'm just saying it didn't, it didn't go together. It didn't go together. I'm not asking you to support Trump or believe Trump. I'm just telling you something wasn't adding up to me. So as I laid there, I turned it off, and I said, God, I need to hear from you. I am overwhelmed by what happened today. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to lead. I felt the weight of leading people in this hour. And I said, God, I got to hear from you. I'm not here to support a man. I'm here to support your cause, the cause of Christ. So I, I prayed that way, and then I went to sleep. And I went to sleep, and then at 12.44 a.m., I woke up wide awake, which I was not excited about because I'd been, it'd been a long day. I was tired. I have to get on a flight. I had to be at the airport before six o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, can, can you tell me on the plane? It'd be perfect time. So I negotiated with him for about 10 minutes. That's how I do. I, I want to go sleep in the nighttime and talk during the daytime. He likes to talk at night. 
So anyway, 1244-1721. I'm going to give this to you today as what I feel like was coming to me. I finally got up and went to my computer and started typing, and I typed for almost 53 minutes. I'm not saying this is the word of the Lord. I'm not giving myself that type of credit. I'm just saying these are the thoughts that came to me as I typed. You discern it for yourself, and you judge whether it is the Lord or not. Here's what I typed. And it's a little long, so prepare yourself. This is the year of progress, of advancing forward and taking the hill of opposition. This year will require of you to trust in the Lord with all of your heart, soul, and strength as you continue to advance towards the promises that he has given you in his word. This year will be a year of losses and victories as you press towards the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We don't want to talk about losses and victories. We only want to hear about words that talk about victories. But God was saying there's going to be losses and victories. But do not be afraid or dismayed as I am with you wherever you go. I will not leave you and I will not forsake you, but make no mistake about it. This is the year that you will advance forward in areas of your life that have previously been impenetrable prior to this. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And they will prevail against all of your enemies. I tell you this day, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might as the enemies that you will prevail over will continue to stand against you. They will not retreat of their own volitions, but they will have to be conquered as you advance and make progress. Inch by inch and foot by foot, as you continue to trust me and believe in my word, the enemy will be overcome in your life and my glory will shine brightly in the earth. This people that I am calling in this hour cannot be timid nor be afraid, but they must be bold as a lion against the forces of darkness. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. These times are not for the faint of heart, but for those who are determined to see my kingdom come and my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The valiant will fall in battle, but the battle will not be for naught. This is important. God was telling me, there are going to be valiant people that will fall, but the cause is greater. You're going to experience losses in your life, but do not keep moving forward. Or do not stop moving forward. Don't stop advancing. They're going, if I fall, if I die, the cause is greater than me. Keep moving forward. Why is he saying that? Because we're going to experience losses, and some of those losses paralyze us. We're like, I can't, I can't come back from that. He said, listen, the valiant, even the valiant, I thought this word was important. The valiant will fall in battle, but the battle will not be for naught. Continue forward and make progress for the spirit of the Lord has risen upon you to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ into all the earth and then the end shall come. My people are the hope of the world and your commitment to my truth will be an example to all of the power of the goodness of God in the land of the living. My promises are true, and they must be pursued with passion and determination. Do not be afraid of the opposition. Be encouraged by the support of my angelic hosts who stand with you in the day of battle. This warfare is not for the weak or for those who want to turn back in the day of adversity. Losses will come along the way, but the victory is sure to those who continue to advance and refuse to quit when difficulty arises. 
Do not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. My people will not be ashamed of me before men, and I will not be ashamed of them before my Father who is in heaven. Stay the course and advance. Do not be dismayed or discouraged because of seemingly victorious moments of the enemy in your life. Though weeping may endure for a moment, my joy will come in the morning. My love for you will never fade and hope in you will never diminish. I have a word for your circumstance that must be grabbed hold of with fierce determination. My word shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I sent it to do. This is the year of progress against seemingly insurmountable odds. So keep your eyes on me and do not be overcome by the tactics of the enemy. Love conquers all and has already won the victory for you. Advance forward, do not retreat. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I have given you a kingdom that is not of this earth for you to use to advance my agenda. As you go, remember that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is available for you to use. My kingdom is a system, a method, a set of principles that when enacted, release my power and my glory into the earth. I have made this accessible to you through the blood of my son Jesus. Continue to move forward and advance against, advance against oppression and adversity. Victory belongs to me. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. So believe in hope and release expectation of what I can do in your life through you. All things are possible to them who believe. So be encouraged today that I see the challenges you are facing. And I know the feelings that you are dealing with and the questions you have. Not all answers will come to you in this time as you will not be able to see what I'm doing in your life at the moment. But I have a plan for you, a plan to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope. Trust only in me and do not put your faith in man for they will disappoint you. Many will rise and fall in this hour declaring their faithfulness to me, but they will not endure. He who endures to the end will be saved. So stay the course and do not lose hope. I will be with you wherever you go and my faithfulness to you will not be denied. Make progress. Do do not be afraid of the process it takes to continue to walk by faith and not by sight. I am advancing my cause in the earth and those who know their God will be strong and do valiantly. The meek shall inherit the earth and the righteous shall not faint in the day of adversity. Be strong, my children, for the word of the Lord to you is progress. Keep moving forward in the face of opposition and do not lose heart. I have not called you to back down. Neither do I take any pleasure in those who draw back. I am with you to the end. So do not let this day be your end. My kingdom is available for you. So do not let it go to waste. I have endued you with power from on high through the Holy Spirit. And this battle will not be won by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Lift up your heads and look unto me. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. What I started, I will complete until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus name. Come on, let's stand and give God a hand. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So what's the point? What's the point? 
Point is to not put your faith in man. Put your faith in God. It's to stay the course. When he was waking me, all I heard, all that 53 minutes of time, all he was saying to me is the year of progress. And I'm like, no, it's not. I just was there all day, Lord. This looked like a huge setback. This looked like a huge defeat for the, for the country. I'm not talking about for a party. I'm talking about for a country. And he said, it's the year of progress. No, it's the year of progress, great. Your progress, your progress. Advancing and taking the hill of opposition. I don't know what your hill is, but God's calling you to take it. Take it. Advance on it and take it. Not in the spirit of man, not in your own, in your own might or your own power, but in the spirit of the Lord God Almighty. The Savior Jesus Christ, he is the hope for our world. We have to get our eyes off of people. I'm not telling you to support this party or that party or not do this. I'm talking about freedom. Freedom to believe what you want to believe. But I'm telling you, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's telling you right now to advance and make progress. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.